it's Katie Rose. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us! Spring, but yet it's not. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Happy spring, I suppose. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know about this groundhog. I gotta have words with this guy. What is this spring and then winter and spring? What's next? Last week, I remember there was that uh, huge snowstorm, as everybody else remembers, and there was one point where Nate was like sleeting, and it was sunny, and there was like just ice on the ground. I'm thinking to myself, nope. This is not right. This is not normal. I think it was a plot. The city shut down. It was a plot. Don't there, give me that conspiracy theory. There was something, I'm telling you, man. I've lived in the city my whole life, and that was an absolutely nothing storm. Somewhere, there's some guy like, you know what? If we shut down New York, I'm going to be able to take over, baby. Yeah, that snow is heavy. If you did not have to shovel snow from your stoop, do not come at me, bro. It's, it's like six inches, dude. And it was heavy as fuck. Well, that's because snow is, you know, not, it, it was not that nature. it was not that fluffy crap. It was like the yeah, real deal. I get that. Okay, we're we're done talking about the weather. <laughs> Welcome to Lost and Rewound. Yeah, my name is Alan. My name is Jimmy, and uh, we are luckily safe from any and all cold weather deep inside the warm basement. In the bowels of Brooklyn. In the bowels of Brooklyn, the basement in a record store the, called Secondhand Records, NYC. The belly of the beast. We're down here recorded. And uh, we're here every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We have quite a lot of things going on coming up in the next few weeks. This episode is going to be fun. If you want to contribute to making all of our episodes even more fun and financially secured, I should say, <laughs> you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge to contribute to the station. A dollar or even ten dollars or anything in between or above that. Or Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> talk yeah talk talk to burning bridges margo about that she knows all about the big, that so Bitcoin. give us those digital dollars you know it's hard to feed your actual crispy dollar bills into your drive of your computer so you got to give us digital dollars and again you can do that at radiofreebrooklyn.com slash pledge or, or you can give yeah. directly to us exactly at radiofreebrooklyn.com slash lar that's our uh, main page that you can sponsor our show and that's quite cool because then you can be a generous, generous sponsor to our program to keep us running without any concerns, without any uh, stress. We know it's a stressful time for you, but of course, as specified, any little bit counts. You'd be part of the creative process. You can be involved. Be involved. Without having to have creativity yourself. And if you don't <laughs> want to submit any money to us, but you want to submit something to the show, you know the drill. It's lostandrewound at gmail.com for any and all inquiries, pitches, complaints, whatever, what have you. If you have creativity and you don't have money, you can do that. <laughs> There's so many options <laughs> There's here. There's so many ways to connect. Or you can just tell your friends to listen to the show. Anyway, anything is beneficial to us. Yes. Let's get started.
David Piccolomini is a stand-up comedian based in Brooklyn and hails from Wilmington, Delaware. In addition to the stage, David is no stranger to the microphone behind closed doors either. For nearly a year, he's been the host of his own weekly podcast called Tinder Tales, which is not, I discovered, a DIY show about starting a fire with the help from your cat. <laughs> he joins us here in the studio to discuss what it really means and what these old clips he brought with him are about too. Welcome to David Piccolomini. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Welcome, welcome. Man, Tinder and Tails, it just sounds like an indie video game <laughs> about a little cat that has to start fires. Yes. So this, so I'm going to venture a guess and say that these are, are stories of you on Tinder dates and stuff like that? Uh, it's not just me, but oh, I have I have Collective guests. stories. Yeah, it's a collective okay. stories. There's still people, like, when I talk to them, it's like, oh, I've never online dated. I'm like, why are you proud of, like... <laughs> it's not. It doesn't have the same it, sort of taboo it used to have. It doesn't, but it's still there a lot. Yeah. Especially, like, if you talk about it. Like people, everybody's on Tinder, but nobody wants to believe that everybody's on Tinder because there's still all the sex-based shame. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm trying to kind of destigmatize it as well as give help because a lot of people are real bad at it. Yeah, you I- consider yourself like a Tinder Doctor Drew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I guess so. I don't know. I, like, I just I did it a lot, and then I got a girlfriend from Tinder. Uh, happen. Okay, so yeah. s- similar. Uh, another. Yeah. App. Wait, it's what, what is it called? Uh, happen. I've heard of this one. I haven't used that yet. What the fuck is up with this shit? <laughs> There's tra- so many <laughs> new ones. And d- I have a whole is- joke about so it. So Tinder, <laughs> Tinder is about hookups. No, that's not true anymore. It's not anymore. Okay, so here's the thing: all online dating is about hookups. All online dating is about dating. It's just about all meeting people. online dating. Fet life is good if you have fetishes, like because then you can just be open about those. That, but, yes, I've heard of that for sure. And okay, Cupid is, is right. the standard bearer. Well, much. have you heard but about? Have you heard of me? Have you heard of me? What? Have you heard of Mihos? Me? Oh no, that's a Mihos is like the oh like, Mihos, the, I the you said... dating app for um for Hispanic people. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. I thought you said Meat House, and I thought that was just like a like a site from the early times. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> or Meat Spins, the other one. Meat Spins, I remember there that. There was another one that had a house in it. Yeah. Uh, I can't keep these straight anymore. Okay, Cupid was the only one that I ever used with any minor success. Oh no, it's Mihente. Mihos is the little or the little or the little toys <laughs> of like thugged out gangster toys. That's, that's easy. Why? You oh, I remember that was those. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you were saying <laughs> it's weird because people are like tenders the hookup app tenders the hookup app women are more protected i've had more girls just show up to my house from okay cupid because we'll talk on there they get a better sense of who i am as a person from my profile sure and then they'll just come to my house it's really it's a little strange i was now. by the time tinder came around i was already engaged and um i never used the app so when i it first started my impression was it was just the most un a bashed way for people to hook up with each other at a split second. And now evidently uh, it's that's used. That's just not true. Well, uh, no, no, no. I mean, maybe. That's grinder. <laughs> but that's the thing. I always thought that Tinder was basically just a all, uh, everyone's every, all in. A catch-all grinder. Not a heterosexual grinder, No, obviously. a catch-all, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that is not the case, and I've understood that that's not uh, the case. So the way I would describe it, uh, all dating apps are just a social app with a sexual component. Correct. That's the only way you can describe all of that. Makes sense, yeah. Because you can meet someone on Tinder and within an hour you're fucking. Or, like, I've had people that have been dating for years. I had someone, they're, like, they're engaged now from Tinder. People know plenty of people that have gotten married from meeting people on that site. Oh, sure. It's no different than meeting someone in a bar and then marrying them, which is crazy. True enough. True enough. that's what happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, you just met on, like, real-life Tinder. That's the deal. (laughs) Like, meeting in a bar now is actually considered to be, like, a normal thing compared to online dating. And it's not that online dating has that taboo, but but now it's like, oh, we went in real life. 
Yeah, I'm, oh, we met in real life. <laughs> but what, we were attracted to each other's smells. Exactly. What inspired you to start this podcast, oh, uh, and how fearless are you? I like talking about that kind of stuff, and I feel like it's such a weird thing. It's probably because I came from a super conservative background. Sure enough. Like hardcore Christian Baptist. In I, Delaware. Yeah, well, up uh, Pennsylvania, but they're right next to each other. I drove to Pennsylvania every day for school. In a really? Shirt. Because driving out of Delaware takes you like 10 minutes. Yeah, I was a half an hour. <laughs> Philadelphia is a half an hour away. Dude, it's so small. People, sure. I tell people I've been to Delaware, they go, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I drove through it. It took me like, yeah, like 95, a, a minute. 20 minutes. Yeah. It's the one, it's the time you feel like you accomplished something on 95. Yeah, uh, you, feel really, like... you feel really good about it. When I'm in <laughs> Delaware, I'm almost like, Yeah. New York to New Jersey, you're, like, taking all this time. And Pennsylvania, it's, like, takes all this time and on 95. And then you get to Delaware, it's like, and I'm here, and I'm gone. Did it. We did yeah. it. We did it. You traveled to a different state for school. Yes. You didn't actually go to school in your own state that you uh, lived in. High school, I did. I was in a homeschool co-op. Huh. So all the teachers were parents of the students. And we'd go to school three days a week, and then we were home two days a week where we got taught stuff by our mom and did homework and stuff like that. How many students were in this program? Uh, It was like – it was from five years old to eighth grade. There were like 50, I want to say, 60. And uh, my class was the biggest class of 13. (laughs) The more I I live my life and, like, learn about people's schooling, the more I don't feel so uh, awkward about having a graduating class of 23. (laughs) No, it's, like, it's great. Like, it's – where are you from? Uh, Upstate New York, uh, Hudson Valley. I went to a a private school for high school in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Oh, my graduating class in high school was, like, 200, 300 people because I went to the public high school. Sure. And that is a transition. Uh, Sure. Oh, I'm I'm sure. So, wait, you started going to that school when you were how old? uh, 13, 14, ninth grade. Yeah, it wasn't – Wait, you started high school in, when you were 13? No. Uh, I you, might have you, you just like a been middle... 13. Okay, I was going to say. I'm September 17th. It's my birthday, so I have that yeah. cut off where, oh, like— Oh, I see. They let I you was, be the youngest in the— I was in. I was three years old at the beginning of kindergarten for four-year-olds. Huh. All right. Because you start beginning of September, and then by the time September ends, I'm, I'm right at that line for the cutoff date. Jimmy, I forget. Were you the oldest in your grade, or were you the youngest in your grade? I think we've covered this before on another episode. Right? I was um, – my birthday's in the summer, so yeah. I, I never had a birthday were, in the school year. But you were the – you were, like, always the I was always the, the exact age that I should be. <laughs> okay. Never older. Don't age shame me right now. <laughs> okay. Um, it was one of those things that when people go, oh, were you, like, 14 and you in freshman year? I go, yep. Because my whole freshman year, I was 14 or whatever, and then I turned 15 in the summer. Yeah, supposed it'd be like that. I understand. But I wanted to get back quick just because. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, this made me think of it. I just personally recently downloaded Tinder, and I never had tried dating, okay. dating apps and stuff like that. And as a comic, reading people's, um, you know, their flavor text. Yeah, <laughs> say, yeah. I, I feel like it's like a, like a magic card of a girl. You know, they got the flavor text on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and But some of them have been so ridiculous that I just had to, like, I've been screenshotting them and stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I'd love to see it. Oh, and, man. Um, so the, this, the other one I didn't get to screenshot, but I'll show you one, and I'll, I'll read it for you guys over the air that can't see this. One was um, a girl said, here it is. She said, I like long walks on the beach after anal. Yeah, I, honestly, you that's... need a long walk after, don't you? I don't. I don't trust all that sand. Uh, but <laughs> true enough, dude. Here's the worst part: is I've seen that at least seven times. That is cliche. Wow, so that's like she's not even original with that. <laughs> but this one is pretty good, though. Here, it's okay. Awful. All right, this one see. says. All right, so this is says, a, uh, uh, this is a woman who is uh, she's showing off a lot of cleavage. Her name is Jane with the Y, and she is a busty woman. And her thing is, my heart is as big as my tits. <laughs> uh, which you know what though? Also, you have a 49 mile radius right now. What? I don't know. <laughs> Is it yeah. a real heart? 
Uh, I don't have a car, so <laughs> I definitely not gonna be. That was funny. That was funnier than we all gave it credit for. <laughs> really like I'm, I'm the only one in this room who's not a comedian. I'm just gonna throw it out there. But right no, now. it was really good. I started this on the wrong foot by assuming that I can make a joke out of your podcast name. So <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I do have a slight bone to pick with you. Speaking of out and abandoned, uh oh, because uh, you told me to listen to uh, two episodes. I gave music that I felt, or I gave uh, vocals of me that would be embarrassing, and then I listened to Hannah. Calgary's episode, and then she just killed two uh, Little Shop of Horror songs, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like yeah. what? There's nothing embarrassing about this. This is awesome. Exactly. Every so often, people will bring through stuff that's just really cool, and we, yeah. We're yeah like, can, same- we, can you find something a little bit more, like, you know, depraved or something? <laughs> yeah, give me a break. Depra- well, this none of this is depraved, uh, but it does, uh, I definitely thought I was really good at accents, uh, and it turns out not the case. Uh, <laughs> yes. we, we do have a lot to cover, because although you only submitted just a very small handful of these clips. Uh, they are quite abundant in time, and I don't want to... Yeah, I'll let you know where you can skip ahead and stuff. So you know. heard these before you came uh, there. I heard a little bit and then put the, turned them off because I was like, ah, 17-year-old Dave. <laughs> so, so you are not very proud of this work. Uh, it's not even like... I don't know why I said proud. It's not about pride. It's You are not really... I cringe at it. I liked doing musicals and stuff. The first one I did was when I was seven playing a five-year-old. I was super short. I like how you played someone younger than you when you were seven because that requires a justifying. No, but J- I'm just saying, so you know, this he's is... seven years old, <laughs> but he's going to play somebody who's three. It factors into everything. Were you short as a child? The whole time. Up until 21. I was like 5'5 five, five at like 20, and then I kind of grew those extra two inches at 21 into 5'7. That's fair. So you did like Wolverine a lot as a kid? <laughs> no, because I was also uh, I have these shoulders still. Uh, I'm just a, a very small. I got it. Uh, what about what about Puck? Right, you know Puck. Yeah. Oh, Puck. I, oh, Puck. I would love to be Puck. That was I was so I mad for Puck, and I didn't get it. No, I'm not talking about Midsummer Night's Dream. I'm talking about Puck from the Alpha Flight. I'm talking about. Oh no! I uh, the, sorry. I don't know if you heard me say musical theater nerd eight times. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll, I'll put up a picture of him. And, I was so uh, mad when so they, they so had to cast the girl because they didn't have enough guys to I be understand. all the midsummer parts. Yes. So I was like, no, this is clearly not of like an angry guy. This is make me the weird imp dude. No, he's. I mean, I, trust me, I was in Midsummer Stream. I know all about Puck, but this dude is is the much better Puck. <laughs> he's basically a little person in a little outfit that yeah, he, 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 he rolls uh, up into a ball and, well, he fly, and he flies at people. That looks very familiar. Yeah. Like a hockey puck. Yes. Uh, okay. so, so Alpha Flight was the Canadian superhero team that There's Wolverine a... would fight with <laughs> yeah, someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of them was a Sasquatch. Yeah, and there was a, a, there was a Sasquatch. First... And there was a girl that would turn into a snow owl. Wasn't, and there was these twins. Wasn't there a, like one of the first homosexual comic book characters in that group yes, too? Yes. North Star? North Star. You're right. That is North Star. Yes, you're totally right. <laughs> the Canadians, they, they, they started off right, they, man. They, they know what they're doing. I'm yeah. you, dude. Aubrey did. Upset. It's Aubrey Graham. Upset. We can put that to bed. So you have all these musicals, and you're one of the only males. It sounds like. Well, I mean, that's that's yeah, kind of. I mean, in your small little community. Well, in my community, I'm the only one who ever wants to do the plays at all and would get emotionally invested in them. Uh, Everybody else was just like, I guess we have to do the school play that they're making the whole class do. (laughs) And you were like, no. I cried because I didn't get the funny guy. They made me into the dog. And the guy was like, I don't want it. You can. 
can be it. I was like, you don't get it. Stop stop right there. You're going to have to give some context. You played the dog. Okay. What, so what, is, what is the show? So it's called, it's uh, Lewis and Clark, The Great Adventure or something like that. Uh, not to be confused with The Great Frontier, the Lewis and Clark musical by Patrick <laughs> Riley uh, and Kevin Frolix, wow. my friends, who they've made a very funny musical. They're doing it. They're performing it this summer. You should go see it. So we got to get uh, them on the show, actually. Those are good oh, guys. They would, yeah. Guys. Oh, Pat Riley would be great for this. Yeah, uh, for sure. And so would Kevin probably because he probably has a lot of angsty indie music he made as a kid. Uh, I've known both those guys for years. Okay. They're, yeah, they're both great people for this. So I did this. It's a Lewis and Clark musical. It's an educational musical designed for like middle schools and elementary schools. And who put it on? Uh, by church slash school. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So the co-op that you were part of, I see. They would, I they see. would do those. No, this wasn't community theater. This was co-op. Yeah, not to brag, but I went to a co-op for school. Uh, no, no, that's fine. But it was religious. It was a religious oh, co-op. Religious. Yeah, it's a cult. Uh, we could all, <laughs> all say. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was sort of like a coop. You were cooped up in the co-op. <laughs> cooped up in the co-op cult. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's get let's get this alliteration out. <laughs> it's a garbage play, obviously. Uh, but it, they, it has like facts. But they have that thing where everybody has to get a line at some, certain points where they're like, oh, everybody can say a one word line. Yeah, sure. It's like great, stupendous. Well, it was great. It's a co-op. Terrible. Everybody has to share. <laughs> <laughs> they made me the dog because there was a dog that went with them named Scanlan. Uh, they, wait, what? They named the dog Scanlan. What? <laughs> it was the 1800s. I don't know why you're That's getting picky you on the Scanlan. name. That's what you named your dog. You named your dog. Oh, after believe it or not, Meriwether Lewis, the guy named Meriwether, named his dog Scanlan. For real. I'll have to look that up. That's impressive. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. The group was Sacagawea. It's just like women are not named a... Ethel anymore. You'll never name your dog Scanlan It's a good anymore. name of a beat cop or a gonna... dog. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Detective Scanlan. Ah, uh, Scanlan. He's got two weeks till retirement. I hope nothing bad happens. I'm telling you. Uh, it's perfect, man. <laughs> and there was a character who was the French husband of Sacagawea. Okay. And he got all the funny lines, so I really wanted to be him. And, like, I auditioned, like, really went hard for this. Did you ham it up as the dog as oh, much of course. as possible? Well, yeah, I, I'm like a sunflower, but for attention. In the play that was written for the kid, like, the dog talked. Yeah. And that was already just in the play. They didn't They didn't create dog lines well, for no, you? No, the dog talked in real life. Uh, so. <laughs> so the dog <laughs> was, the, the, it was, so it was a Scruff McGruff situation. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, leading them on a journey against crime they or to find the play. West. The, the, the church that I was part of did not make this play. But they it was, got the rights and they yeah, figured... Got the rights. Jesus gave them the rights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a divine in a providence like, we would do this There was definitely play. nothing legal about what we did. Uh, it's a church. What? I don't think we charged money for it. It was for the, the community and uh, how many people, how many kids were in the, the play? It was like, like what... uh, it was like 20. We were like in seventh grade and then we got all the kids who were younger. My brother played Napoleon uh, my little sister, who's uh, like four years younger than me, was part of like the Indians that came out, the Native American group. What is your costume looking like for this Oh, party? full dog. Full dog. I will – don't worry. That'll be the picture. Is I'll show you a picture of me as the dog with but not, like – But not on all fours and stuff. Right? No, no. I was – I just stood. It, it's, it's one of those shows where everybody stands in a line and they walk up to talk and they walk up. Oh, yeah, I remember like that. Like our town that. except the Lewis and Clark Baptist version. So, yeah. So, sta- so upright dog, I'm thinking um, – Yeah. What is it? Spaceballs. Uh, uh, yeah. No, exactly. Like space balls, okay. uh, yeah. Except for I, less funny. Uh, I was I'm no John Candy. Uh, Fair enough. Do you have anything else to set up? Well, let's, let's, uh, we should okay, probably listen here. to this. So yeah, you're right. I should set this up. One last thing I should set up. The concept of the show is two kids are hanging out, being like, "Oh, Lewis and Clark is boring," <laughs> and then in comes Lewis Clark uh, and all of their merry band. And a talking dog. And a talking dog. So, yeah. <laughs> first of all, when I was just sitting here and like historical characters came in, I was not interested. But when that dog started talking, yeah, pretty that's much. When and things exactly. got really rolling. Let's listen to this amazing stuff. Thirty-six. 
Monroe and Livingston bought a lot more than they originally intended. Yeah, like 860,000 square miles. <laughs> sort of the blue light special of land deals. <laughs> the truth is, we didn't even know what America owned when we set out on our journey. I thought we were just going over to Europe or something. <laughs> Many Americans have some strange ideas about ownership in that time in our history. You can say that again. was rough. That was really rough. I don't know if it was as rough as Lewis and Clark's journey west. Yeah. Oh uh, no. That believe it or not, that was my peak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's gonna be better than that. <laughs> How do you beat being a dog, 
and telling it like it is and having a beat drop. And <laughs> <laughs> it is so weird. Like it's weird that she did cast me as the cynic at that at an early age. The voice of reason is totally this dog. <laughs> so guys, watch it. Yo, so the dog was basically saying it's rough being out here. On That's the what road. the dog said the entire time. Uh, <laughs> the dog is like it's throughout r- the entire. And the dog goes, it's rough. And they rough. go, and it's like I know something. I know a thing or two about things being rough because I'm barking all the time. Yes, that's <laughs> literally. All if, if we were going with factual information here, song notwithstanding, I would imagine that Meriwether Lewis is probably smoking so much of who knows what the Native Americans were giving him on this trip that he probably <laughs> thought his dog was talking the entire time. The dog was like, <laughs> ruff, ruff, ruff. And he's like, yeah, the journey is rough, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have uh, what na- naturally has to be like a huge song and dance number that absolutely has no way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah. Uh, connection with no purpose. The... No, nothing. <laughs> it was a great invention. So I had t- two things that came to mind with this. First, I was in Your Good Man Charlie Brown, and the song Supper Time that Snoopy yeah. sings is such a like a fanfare song. Just can't hold a candle to thy supper time. Yeah, yeah it's like it's very like big Broadway. Fosse Broadway. Yeah, precisely. I'm not sure how this merited a uh, Fosse number either, but uh, uh, <laughs> kudos to whoever had the gumption to write something of this. This is a real thing. I, I met. Uh, there's another comic who I was talking to, and he was like, "Yeah, I did that musical too." <laughs> who oh, did he Lord. play? I don't. I don't remember. He was the dog too. Like, yeah, he was he the wasn't. Dog. He wasn't lucky enough to be the dog, dude. And you, so, who was the character that was the funny one? Uh, the French one. He has just funnier. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it, 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 you did it rough, but it's not so bad. I don't remember. Like, yeah, it was. Just, I mean, it's obviously all of it's bad. Although this play wasn't so bad. The one that I really hated, I couldn't find any audio of. Sure. Uh, was uh. When we did the blue and the gray, a Civil War tale. Oh, oh goodness, was that was a that musical a too? <laughs> uh, yeah, but there were no characters in it. It was all just one side were the blue talking, one side was the gray talking, and then you'd sing songs that's together. The, that's the laziest musical I've ever heard. It's awful. Come on, you want to have a little Lee or some Lincoln in there? Somewhere. Well, so oh, that I, okay. I am, little, little I'm Christmas, red little, one. I'm blue one. Little little Christmas addicts. Come on now. Someone from the church was a uh, a semi professional Abraham Lincoln impersonator. And he read the Gettysburg Address at the end, and uh, I read a letter to music, and I got hiccups during it. So, and when, so when you're a semi pro, when you're a semi pro Lincoln impersonator, you're actually a missionary. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's like so you just I guess you just go around and you read the address a lot. Yeah, pretty much. And you're tall and thin. I talk to kids about the history of Lincoln. Uh, that is what I do. I don't know. Yeah. Such a strange thing. You're mostly you know that a missionary to Spain. You know that uh, apparently his voice was really, really high-pitched? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I've heard, yeah. It was nasally and yeah. difficult to hear, but when he began to speak, it arrested you, and you felt your loins quiver, and you were like, oh, Lincoln. Oh, so uh, he was tall for this time gangly. period, so like at that point, he was just a giant. Well, tall people are like born leaders. Washington was tall, Lincoln, Grant. It's just like well, you want to follow somebody. If you have to look big. up to someone, it's a natural, inspiring thing. It is. It's a weird and, thing. And Gandalf yet, the wizard. And yet, the entire Russian Federation <laughs> has a tiny little midget for their leader. Well, yeah, taking a, shots. He's, he's, <laughs> That's me taking shots as a big man. Hey, Putin, listen to Tinder though. Tales. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's fearsome, though. I, I did he's want, in the KGB, dude. He doesn't matter his height. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did want to make one other quick note about what this reminded me of. I was so far removed from what this play could have been about with the way the song was. It immediately reminded me of a video that went viral several years ago from Titanic, The Legend Lives On. Now, if you don't, know, don't what, know what that is, okay. The legend goes on. Sorry, the legend goes on. And if you don't know what this is, that's fine. But there is a cartoon version of Titanic featuring Ooh. talking animals, and <laughs> their 
is what there's a rap in no. this. There's a rap. Wait, so what, it's called no. it's party time. What animal was Leo? I don't know. I don't. I do. I, I, I never saw this movie. He I just probably saw. Probably was it. Uh, uh, oh. Oof. Uh, <laughs> homework. <laughs> homework for the <laughs> listener. Homework for the listener. Look up. It's party time. Titanic. And there's just a bunch of dancing mice. So again, why does it have anything to do with Titanic? Not what, sure. Was this just like an off-brand five go? That's five what I was coming. Thinking, or, yeah. What was it? An American Tale. Exactly. Bible goes west was like the second it, one, right? You know what? It could very well be, but it was made in 2000, which was well after the yeah, point that, that Bible was popular. Well, that was like 96. Yeah, Bible, yeah, Bible's been 90s for sure. I gotta guess, be. Or, I guess or Bible goes 90s. west was like early 90s. Yeah, it was like 93, 94. I remember I had Bible that. I had that VHS. We got the we got the fact checker right here. Though. It's a great movie. I don't well, actually. I don't it, know. It, I they, haven't seen it. in know, a while. It, they actually are good. Yeah, are it's good. like a weird thing of coming to America, realizing the American dream. So American Tale is 86. Oh wow. But let's put a file that goes west. I believe it's ninety one, but don't don't. Oh, never mind then. Uh, ninety one. This man is good. I, ha- I told you I have the VHS. No. Uh, I do too, but I guess I didn't watch it till like ninety four. Is that, I is that the only it. Jewish cartoon that we know of? <laughs> there's there's more. I mean, no, but then that was like ma- mainstream popular, where it's very obvious that they're all Jewish, or where there's a very obvious Jewish stereotype character. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's plenty of stereotypes. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> like uh, Watto from episode one. Uh, Oh, what the, the only thing that works on me is money. <laughs> Jedi mind tricks do not even work. You can't use that on me. What the? Your credits are worthless. Oh, I tell you, I only like one thing. That's money. I only use electronic store. It's so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we have to dive into these other clips. Okay. There's so much to go dig through with here with David Piccolomini. We'll, we won't talk about Watto's flaccid face at all. <laughs> nope. Lost in a while. Radio Free Brooklyn. Just leave your troubles at the door, leave your worries behind, leave the rest up to me, you're gonna like what you find. I'll be busting the moves and I'll be busting the rhymes, we'll be busting up laughing cause it's party time. Party time, it's party time, everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time. Party time, it's party time, everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time. Party time, it's party time, everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time. Party time, it's party time, everybody's feeling fine cause it's party time. Time. So speaking of cartoon movies with animals or anthropomorphized animals, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> David Piccolomini is our guest this week, and we have been having a lot of fun with him in the first half. And I imagine that fun will continue to show up in the second half as we have still plenty of footage. For the record, your footage is that of the musical theater variety of yeah. which you extracted audio from video. Um, so though we can't get the visuals there's certainly plenty of imagination that the listener could have ah. listening to uh, a... How old were you when you were that dog? Uh, so when I was that dog, I was probably 12. You were 12 years 11, old. 11, maybe? 12, I don't know. 11 year old kid from Delaware <laughs> playing a talking dog in the Fun Lewis and fact, Clark musical. Uh, if you listen closely, you can hear everybody's terrible Pennsylvania accents. I, I did hear that. I did yeah, hear she was like, who can know? Well, it was like, oh. I didn't realize there was a Pennsylvania accent. It's a big state. Pittsburgh's got a different one in the vicinity there. Delco has a very specific one. And Philadelphia has like, uh, it's more of that. It's like a weird Dutch influence. Yeah. But uh, who is it? Um, What's the guy? Bruce Willis. Philly accent. Really? He's from Philly. I didn't know that. No. Nope. Will Smith. Terrence Howard. Why well, do yeah, yeah, we all know about really? Will Smith? <laughs> I think he's from West Philadelphia. Born and no, raised. Let's not. Yes, 
this isn't 2007. Why are we doing this? <laughs> um, apparently, he turned, he's, he turned, he turned into, into Uncle Phil now. He's really, you know, he's, really... he's putting on weight. You mean he's aging? Like, <laughs> yes! He's right in wax, front of our yo, eyes? He's a wax figure, man. I swear. I saw him in person when I was working at an event when I was doing catering something like 10 years ago or so, and I, he didn't look real. He really did not look real. I was really impressed with how Hollywood he looked. Cool. <laughs> There's another, you, there's just you, another did, being. Yeah. When, yeah. But like, did you, were you hot for him? I was glo- he, <laughs> he was glowing and I was glowing for him. Damn, down, um, down under. Let's, like let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's. So yeah, so I got into community theater from doing that Civil War play. I was so upset because it was like, there's no leads, there's no nothing. This is like a bad. <laughs> and so they gave you the dog and then. No, no, no. No, for this, the is, Civil this is War the Civil War, War one. Yeah, there were no dog. If there was a dog in the Civil War, I probably would have never done theater outside of the <laughs> But uh, I, so, theater. like, my mom was like, "All right, we'll find you other theater." And I found this community theater. What was uh, the name of it? Wilmington Drama League and the Delaware Children's Theater. Cool. Fun fact: John Gallagher Jr. also from Delaware and did those theaters and All Aubrey right. Plaza. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice, me and nice. Aubrey Plaza I, won the same award. I <laughs> love Aubrey theater. Plaza. I'm a huge fan of Legion and Parks and Rec, so She's she great. could do no wrong in my book. Yeah. Uh, I hear she's just as... in... she was just as good in Delaware doing <laughs> yeah, right? I hear that she is just as sarcastic in real life. Friend of mine oh. worked with her, and said, yeah. she is yeah. that character. Yeah, definitely yeah. defensive. Yeah, droll. Yeah, but but <laughs> talking about Mr. Piccolomini here, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> let, I, I would like to address the fact that you did a show that I didn't realize was even uh, a play at all. Which I didn't. Show... I, the whorehouse. Oh, best little whorehouse. Yeah, best little whorehouse in Texas. There was a theatrical version of it because there's there evidently was a theatrical a theatr- version before the movie. Oh, I see. Yeah. That, that shows how much I know. Cool. It's all right. Yeah, there's a lot of those weird ones where, like, well, they didn't have uh, an I will always uh, love you. That's where that comes from. Dolly Parton and Best Little Whorehouse. This one doesn't have that. This is, like, the original version. Like, Little Shop of Horrors uh, was originally uh, a movie, like a black and white uh, sci-fi movie. And yeah. then it was made into a musical that spearheaded the movie. Yes. With Rick Moranis and everybody. But I don't know if there was a black and white whorehouse movie. Well, there were, but they just weren't. Sure. I don't think they had the same plot. I will admit, uh, I definitely love Dolly Parton just on the very strict basis of the fact that she is freaking Dolly Parton. She's amazing. I don't yeah. have any at all knowledge of Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Could you please describe okay, to me the so, plot and what the play version was like, if different? They're a little different just because it was like, a, like I think it was like, a, what, a 70s movie? 70s movies are very distinct in their style. It's a something else place, but really it's the whorehouse. Chicken style. It used to be like a chicken ranch. That's what it was. <laughs> nice. And Yeah. Go there to get your chicks. And like everybody knew about it. They would bribe all politicians and stuff. And this was like about the eventual close of it because okay. their public unrest became too much. And I uh, I was a football player because, once again, they need guys. Uh, every musical. <laughs> so it was part of a football player chorus uh, of guys who are going to get to go to the whorehouse because they're about to bang. Did and they, how old were you? win the championship? I was like 21. Okay. Yeah, this, this was, wasn't quite ten years, but okay. It's this is probably the most embarrassing one. <laughs> when was so? What year was this made? That was in college. I want to say, uh, what year was it? seven, eight, nine, two thousand nine? Okay, I don't, I don't know exactly. But this, it all blends but, together. but this was all just college. It wasn't. There wasn't anybody younger than. No, no, college. no. This was no. This was a community theater production. And there were their kids younger than this. No, older. You were one of the. I young... was one of the young people, and like, yeah, no. Our football team was like me and like two forty-year-old overweight dudes, cool. and like a bald guy. And like, what was it like being one of the youngest team. people in your production? I was so comfortable at the theater. I basically started doing their stuff when I was in eighth grade, and like, so I knew half the people already. The only thing that was actually it was probably a little nicer because people weren't 
making fun of me. Uh, I am I am a late bloomer every step of the way. I've learned. <laughs> Did you? So you felt a little more accepted in a community of actors that were not in your school. Yeah, they're adults, so they're just like whatever. It's just he's like a part of the team. We're all like, because I think there's a certain point where they're like, sweet, this 21 year old wants to hang out with us. <laughs> No, I mean, the community theater is very much like that. I've, yeah. Having having done minimal community theater with uh, adults and kids in the same production, it seems like there definitely is that acceptance that comes with being a younger member and being with the older people. They're the ones who have been doing it forever, in comparison, that is. Yeah. They're, um, they're a member of the good old days. And yeah. They want it school yet. They're also a member Bring of the board, all. so they, they technically get all the parts yeah. that they want, whatever they want. Who can be my protege? No, that's... Hey, hey, but also fair, but also... <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I give it up. I give it up. It, it's a system I don't knock also, it at all. But also, no, because there was always complaints about that kind of stuff. I don't stuff. mean to be flippant. Oh, no, but you're more likely to cast your friends if they're as good. I know how this person works because they brought in new people all the time. I don't know why, but that like was like a sticking point where I watched people like be like, oh, it's rigged anyway. I'm like, you're just not getting ahead because you're not working hard enough. If you were better than that person, they'd still cast you. What made you decide to include this? This is going to follow a trend of uh, all my parts end up with an accent and uh, most of them are bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what kind of accent did you have in this? Uh, Swedish. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, there's one Swedish player for some reason. The director was like, there's like a Swede player Of in course, there. he comes from Sweden. Yeah. No big deal. If that's, that's a blue. better accent than what I Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most irreverent thing I've ever heard. Why no, would you be a in, Swedish football player? He's like, what's that dang Scandahoovian saying? Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's something that's goofy about Swedish people or that people have tried to use as like a running joke for years. There's something really goofy about theater that they don't care. I don't know why. Uh, they, it's, it's a running joke, and I never really saw the humor in it, but in a lot of movies, there's like, oh, the one Swedish woman comes and she does these, yeah. and you're just like, yeah. It's like, it is wow. a funny accent. Uh, it's a thing. It's, a it's thing. like crapping on Jersey in a Broadway play. <laughs> It just it's, it happens so, all the time. It's so sing-songy to us, you know? Yeah. So what's this? this so is this song. is, uh, we just finished the big football game, and uh, Senator is uh, congratulating us on our great game, and he's like, hey, uh, and we're talking about how we're going to go bang at a whorehouse. Hey, what a way to celebrate, right? In a, yeah. In a musical. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Oh, 
is the show. I'm just playing the guy. The yeah. I, oh, shit. You, don't, you said we were going to a whore out. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I don't know what Swedish accent I was doing. How many of y'all are up there? Twelve. <laughs> Twelve of you. And you all Stole. forgot the lyrics. It's amazing. I think one or two did it, but I think this is from the tech rehearsal, so we should know it. This wasn't, wasn't even like an actual performance that you did. When I was listening to the actual recording, because my mom just sent me the whole thing. She doesn't know how to convert things down from Wave. Your mother is a saint because she sent this to you at all. Yeah, so no, she consider- does sound, She does sound for the Wilmington Drama League. Shout out to the Drama League. Uh, but yeah, so it's just a trend of me doing terrible accents and a play where like you know that everybody in that musical would have voted for Trump. It feels more uncomfortable listening to that musical now than it did you know, eight years ago. <laughs> it is a rather unique choice for a musical for community theater because it uh, automatically assumes that you're one, familiar with the premise, and two, it, it probably is not the most uh, conducive play to invite your family to, for uh, example. Yeah, I guess. So. I don't know, but it's it's still fun. It's silly. I just like it. to look at these things from a sort of a PC point of view because we look at these things now and we can laugh about them and continue to look at them in uh, an unobjective light. But at the time, when we're obviously a little less uh, cynical, we're a little more bright-eyed, a little more... Uh, Bushy-tailed? Yeah. And also, this is, you know, post-Obama being elected, so I can only imagine, like, the PC-ness that's going on in the culture. Honestly, that... no one had a problem with the musical. Like, yeah, No one yeah, tried yeah. to shut us down I get for that, it. I get that. Because it's just, it's like this, like, historical piece, but it's not, but now listening to it, like, after, like, no why, make sure there's no tapes in here, no why is it here? And it was like, someone might have a recorder. I was like, geez, this is uh, awkward. That's weird. It's just awkward. Yeah, Especially that the fact line that, would like, get a laugh now. It's awkward that the fact that it was adults. And, like, you being 21 and in college, you can't blame yourself. But these I don't guys, blame myself like... for being in it then either. It's like it's like just a dumb musical. It's very it's very peculiar. But it's, and it's also, it's very pro-whorehouse. Like, it's very much pro hey, hey, and exposing all these politicians as corrupt. It's a satire on the whole hey, thing. Hey, world's oldest profession, man. Then who paid for them? Oh, well, how do they? How do they get the? How do they get the coin? I was going to say, I think hunter gatherer is actually the world's oldest uh, profession. Um, well, but then the world's oldest profession would be would be salesperson. Well, well, you sell. Who's the one buying it? Well, who's the one selling it? Well, no, eating it. Uh, but then it's if you if it's a direct line of. But is it a job? If you just if, if you're if feeding you, just if, your family, uh, and then you feed other people, and well, in a community based because you involve trades of berries for food because you bartering, anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sex at Dawn. Everybody read Sex at Dawn about the commune society. Uh, <laughs> Radio V, Brooklyn. Uh, Mo- moving on to the, the, the final contribution Oh, yeah. Let's go have. to this. This one I am legitimately embar- – because my sister uh, is the other char- – not – there's there's the two characters which we'll probably cut out most of. So who, uh, who's the dog in this one? Uh, I'm the kangaroo. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. It's, a, it's, mu- it's just so musicals. It's uh, Aesop – fables and one character just goes and he meets all these different characters as he comes in it's a kangaroo who basically he he's real skinny and then he has to run everywhere and his legs get real big because he's being chased by a dingo so that's how he he like gets legs i see it was really tough to do because i would literally have to run off stage uh there would be two guys holding open pants with bigger stuffing in it and i have to jump i'd have to go on their shoulders jump in and then run back on stage with bigger legs for those who are listening right now, if you ever thought that being the horse's ass was the worst thing you could possibly do in community theater, rest assured that it is not. It's being the kangaroo's legs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, my sister plays the dingo who's chasing me around. Oh, I see. And she, at a very young age, was very talented. And she's a much better singer than does I am. Does she act and sing now, too, to this day? Uh, yeah, she's still acting and singing. She's off in California. She does, like, traveling tours with musical Wonderful. stuff. Uh, she's great. But she would make fun of me all the time because I was not as good of a singer. I'm still not as good of a singer, but I'm a much better singer now. I don't know why I have to feel like I'm so defensive <laughs> about this. 
Uh, you were singing as a kangaroo, so again, we will not hold anything against you. Listen, listen, I was she 17, was and you, I so thought, but here's the and thing. she is, was a dingo, and she's like putting it to you. I'm going to uh, eat you, and I'm a better singer. She was so good. I have like a bass two voice normally, like or my like vocal singing range when I first started was like, don't hear. So anything I could get above that, I was like, oh, I'm so good now, because I can hit higher notes. And each time I thought that. And now I think I've peaked out, but... Uh, it's you can hear where I'm very much not as good as I thought I was. Let's take a listen. <laughs> You're 17 in this. 17. 17 year old David Piccolomini from the play Just So. Let's hear it. Exclusive. It's not working. It's not. Or you're not. We should have found the Limpopo River by now, and instead I'm in the middle of some howling desert. Sometimes the very thing you are looking for is under your nose all the time. Under my nose? You mean we've already been near the Limpopo River and she didn't even notice? Well, I knew I was better off without her. I have a head like a concertina. I have a tongue like a button stick. I have a mouth like an old potato and I'm more than a little sick. Riddles, conundrums, and tongue twisters. Can nobody give me a straight answer? People who get too big for their boots sometimes find that their boots get too big for them. I think there's someone you should meet. Good night, sport. Who are you? I'm your untypical antipodean. A kangaroo. Or at least I was when I set out. Do you live here? No, I live many hops away in the Warrigar Garuba, in the Great Down Under. But, Fairbingham, I've been chased on the homes of my childhood and out of my regular meal times. <laughs> Not by a, a leopard or a jaguar by any chance. No, by a beast of the canine persuasion. A yellow dog bingo. Must 
said, I never realized that there was so much information that you could throw in one song about, about one fable. About yeah. kangaroo legs. They basically, that was all of them where they'd set up who this character was and then they'd do the song. Basically, I, it's like B-rate Seussical. In the, you know, in the Serengeti or something, they'll have animals like antelope. And the reason their legs bend backwards is because they have to run from predators. So their feet basically got pushed up over time and evolved in this position where they're like ready to always run. Yeah. You know? It's and like zebras have stripes. So they it, look bigger. Exactly. So Aesop was just sitting in his basement when, yeah. <laughs> and he's like I'm gonna just figure out why everything is everything and if I can't figure it out I'm just gonna make it up I mean he had so many fables was that... it hard from being from the Bronx Aesop <laughs> <laughs> and then now, well you know again he's Aesop Rocky now <laughs> so still try, still going hard the kangaroo got its legs so big running because it was dingo. running from a dingo yeah he felt like he wasn't strong enough or something and so he's like I wish I was stronger and it's like well you wanna be stronger well here look I'll make you a good jumper and you rapped in this, I in did. I forgot that I rapped in this until I, I heard Crocky. Crocky. We're coming down here with all the raps. <laughs> I'm going to tell you some more. Yeah. Something, something. Uh, I don't know. I got one no raps. strong thing I, I will uh, know is they always gave me whatever role had personality, uh, quote unquote. <laughs> they would just be like, Dave, you do that. Uh, you're, you're not afraid of embarrassing yourself. Wilmington Drama League, you're 17. So you were doing shows before this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing a bunch of shows. But like, yeah, like you can hear in, I, like, not to get too vocal, but it, like, I hadn't learned how to go above a note yet. I just, I would always attack it from below so they would always come out flat. Uh, how is that vulgar? No, 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 not vulgar. I meant going too into detail about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Musicality no. specifics. I don't yeah. know how how musical your crowd is. You gotta. Uh, uh, it depends. Who knows? We, yeah. we don't know. Some are very musical. Some are not. Right? Yes. And so you were, uh, but your sister, in comparison, was a lot more musical she was than you were. Thirteen and are well, she just kind of came out like like. Was at the this age her of, like, first show? With- uh, no. But she like from like the age of eight, she was just able to like belt. She like figured yeah. it out one day, and she was like, "Oh, this is how you do it," and then just crushed. Clearly, me. clearly, from what that sounded. Uh, yeah, she was so good. <laughs> Agreed. Your whole entire family was theatrical. Your brother, you said, did a uh, show with you as well? He'd done show. He was he was more musician-based. Okay. Like, he played marimba in high school and stuff like that. He plays guitar now. And you're, neither of your parents did any acting uh, at all? No, my mom took us to see a lot of plays as kids because she found out where that would be free entertainment for a poor family. And then uh, my dad my dad played guitar but mostly did heroin. Okay. You know, that's the, good. Yeah, that's you know. good to coddle creativity. Yeah. Or, you know, not do anything. But, you got uh, to live for a lot of free time. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, look, uh, he plays a mean uh, House of the Rising Sun. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't and, know if that's true. I just I was, like, <laughs> trying to think of a good heroin song. <laughs> um, you but you had a very uh, nurturing upbringing in the uh, creative arts. Yeah, and... my mom, very supportive. She's still supportive of me doing stand-up, which is like, crazy to me she's like this is something you're willing to work at do it did you do a lot of stand-up in high school and college i did one stand-up performance when i was 16 uh i uh, would have won apparently but i used the word ass and so i was disqualified shit 
Yeah, it happens to me. Every yeah, time. like I had to take that chemistry teacher down, though. I, I no. was a uh, young Bill Hicks. Uh, nice. No. <laughs> Revenge is more than a three-letter word, lady. <laughs> if you were doing comedy and theater at the same time, which felt more comfortable to you? Which so uh, I mean, I did theater fun. for. Well, so what happened was I started writing my own play. I started writing my own like plays and one acts and stuff, and like I realized I was like, oh, I want to be in front of people doing my own work and have it be funny. So I started doing stand up around the same time, like twenty two. And, like, that was when I did one professional audition where it was, I sat in a theater for eight hours and literally they brought us up by going next batch. I was like, I can't do this. This is it. I don't have the strength of heart to, like, sit in a room for eight hours and then hope I get uh, my 30 seconds is good. And so I went and I was like, oh, I should do stand-up. You can work at that a lot more. You can actually, like, you're kind of more in control of that. And you feel like you're in a lot more I control. Love, I love stand-up. I, I, like, I did a little bit of theater as I was doing stand-up. I was like, no. Every time I was, like, at a rehearsal, I would be like, I could be doing stand-up right now. You feel you're making, you made the right decision for oh, sure. Oh, 100%. Where can people catch you in person uh, uh, to oh, uh, when you're performing? Excellent job. You're st- <laughs> okay. nah. so you, like, all in a week's work. Yeah. <laughs> Never done this before. Yeah, no, look, I uh, just admire smooth transitions, and then I ruined them by pointing them out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess from my own heart. <laughs> but, okay, uh, so I run a weekly show at actually Two Boots in Williamsburg. Nice. Every Tuesday, we do a show from 8 to 8.30. We give away free draft beer. Uh, it's it, We do it in the back of this pizza shop. Like, the front is like a pizza shop, and then the back, we set up a stage. We have a whole thing, uh, and we give away free beer from 8 to 8.30, and then 8.30 to, like, 9.30, 9.45. We have an awesome show. We've gotten, like, great – we get great people. We get people who have done Conan, Last Comic Standing, Comedy Central, all this stuff. It's a really fun show every That's so Tuesday. great. Uh, it's called Ambush Comedy on Facebook. I also run a show called uh, Pat and Pickles uh, Join a Cult at Carmine Street Comics, where okay. – me and my friend Patrick Riley, uh, we've decided we want to join a cult. So we have other comedians become cult leaders and pitch us on their cult. So, and then they do it for five minutes, and then we ask questions for five minutes. <laughs> that, that's perfect. Wow. Um, it's, uh, it's a real fun show, and that's I'm at there. Carmine Street Comics uh, off the West 4th uh, yeah, subway yeah, stop. Of course. Uh, and uh, then Tinder Tales, of course. Yes. I do that every Thursday. I drop an episode. Uh, so, like, uh, two days after you listen to this, there's a new episode of Tinder Tales, uh, and that's tindertalespod.com, Tinder Tales on iTunes, uh, all the basic things. And people you can, can find it. you on Twitter as well? Twitter, yes, at Piccolomini, P-I-C-C-O-L-O-M-E-A-N-Y, but if you ser- spell it either way, you can find me, and that was kind of trying to be my catch-all. It's a very easy catch-all because, uh, technically, uh, it is easily the most memorable, but at the same time... <laughs> Probably one of the hardest names to uh, like envision. Yeah, and like Piccolo I was gonna say, from well, Dragon Ball yeah, Z, but he's real mad at you. I was gonna say, a, but again, Piccolo meaning. But at yeah. the same time, not, not hard to remember because Piccolo is one of the best characters from Dragon Ball. Our friends Katie Rose and Jeremy have their new podcast called Ballin' Out Super, and that ties into Piccolo because Piccolo Mini is the last name of our esteemed guest for this week. <laughs> And he ain't green, but, David, he's, but he's a good I used dude. to paint myself green all the time. That'll, next episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please come back with more clips for sure. David Thank, Piccolomini here for coming on, on Lost and Rewound. Thanks again for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn on this go-around. We'll be back here again next week, 3 p.m. Lostandrewound at gmail.com for all submissions. And again, every Thursday at 3 p.m. right here, Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Milan. I'm Jimmy. Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn.
Spirit Airlines I almost died on. And then afterwards, wow. they were like, hey, if you want another free flight with us, you can get one free flight. I was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> hey, that's still a pretty good deal. <laughs> you know, Did you take that free flight? <laughs> no, I didn't because I didn't want to die again. I've taken Spirit Airlines a couple times. I've How been- often do the engines go out? None so far. <laughs> Not so much. All right. Well, it was pretty interesting. People on the plane were definitely losing it, including the flight attendants. They looked Ooh, nervous. that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. The only person that wasn't nervous was my dad because he's a math teacher. So he's like, mathematically, we won't crash. And then we didn't. Statistically speaking, <laughs> we're not going to crash. Yep. Oh. He was like cool as a cucumber. He's like, not going to happen. That's like, like, that's how science is my religion. I can tell you how a cell phone works, but I do trust in it. He was like, there's a better chance of this plane being struck by lightning 17 oh, times before we land. <laughs> 